Please pray with me. Father, we ask that you would teach us how to abide in Christ's love. We ask that you would teach us in our head and in our hearts and in our wills. Give us the understanding and the courage and faith that we need to abide in his love. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Brian Stevenson is one of the most successful lawyers in the United States. He went to Harvard Law School. He's tried and won cases at the Supreme Court. He's persuasive. He's elegant. He's accomplished in every way. For you to understand the story I'm about to tell you, you need to know that Brian Stevenson is African-American. His passion is representing convicts who are on death row whom he believes have been wrongly convicted. One day, Mr. Stevenson was driving to meet with one of these new clients on death row. He was driving to this prison to Alabama to meet with this client for the first time. As he pulled into the parking lot, he couldn't help but notice one pickup truck that was there right next to the entrance. On the tailgate and the bumper of that truck were just plastered with all kinds of racist bumper stickers. He took a look at at many of them, he parked his car, and he walked inside. As he walked inside, the guard said, go into that room, you need to be strip-searched. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm not a visitor. I'm a lawyer. I don't need to do that. Go into that room and get searched. Mr. Stevenson obliged the guard and, and got searched. He came back out. He signed into the logbook. And the guard said, you sign in the right way. I signed in. Sign in the right way. Mr. Stevenson signed in again and The guard seemed to be appeased, so Mr. Stevenson went to walk by the guard through the doorway to meet with his client, and the guard grabbed his arm. He said, did you see that truck out front? Yes, sir, I did. Well, I want you to know, that's my truck. And he let go his arm, and Mr. Stevenson proceeded to meet with his client. When I first heard that story, anger was welling up inside me, but I also thought, yes, this guard has picked on the wrong dude. (laughs) Who knows how many times this has happened, but today, Brian Stevenson is going to work the systems of justice he is so adept at, and he is going to bring down justice upon this guard. But that's not what happened. Mr. Stevenson continued to visit his client over the series of a number of weeks. And each time, the same scene played out. The guard forced him to go through a strip search, even though he didn't have to. He continued to harass him. But Mr. Stevenson just responded calmly. Later on in the message, we'll get back to the end of that story. But here's what I want to know. What enabled... Brian Stevenson to respond that way. 
What enabled him to respond to such injustice? I believe it's because he abided in Christ's love. When you hear Brian Stevenson speak, you get the distinct sense that faith for him isn't just a compartment of his life, but that Jesus is a person that walks around with him and is inside him, empowering, inspiring everything he does. He abides in Christ's love. We'll return later, as I said, to the end of that story. But for now, I want us to ask ourselves, what does it mean to abide in Christ's love? We're going to discover how abiding in Christ's love is non-negotiable. Then we're going to look at how we abide in Christ's love. And then we'll look at what that means. First, as we read through John 15, we see that if we want to be Jesus' friend, abiding in his love is non-negotiable. We have choices in, in so much of life. During college, I had a friend who lived on the Wisconsin-Minnesota state border, right along the Mississippi River. And one fall break, I went home with him. And he took me to this, this apple stand. And you walk into this, this apple, it was not a stand so much as a market. They were selling 40 different kinds of locally grown apples. And you walk in, and this nice lady greets you, and she says, what kind of apple do you want? What kind of apple do you like? I don't know. So she took an apple, she cut a piece off for me, had me try it, and she said, sweeter or sour? I said, sweeter. She gave me another apple. She said, what do you think about that one? And on and on we went until she found the right apple for me. How cool is that? And if you go there, she'll do the same thing for you. So much of our lives are like that. We can pick the neighborhood we want to live in. We can pick the color of our car. Even in the Christian world, there are many choices we have. We can pick what church we want to worship at, what service of what church we want to worship at, what ministry we want to be involved in. We have so many choices. But Jesus says, if you want to be my friend, this thing is non-negotiable. You must abide in my love. So how do we abide in his love, given that this is non-negotiable? Jesus tells us that in verse 10. We abide in his love by keeping his commandments. When we do things Jesus' way, when we keep his commandments, we abide in his love. That's how we do it. But what does that mean? What does it mean to say that we're abiding in his love? I used to think Jesus was telling us this. I used to think he was saying, in effect, if you follow my commands, then I'm going to love you. I used to think he was telling us this to get us to be good people. If you follow my commands, then I'll love you. But now I know he already loves us. He's simply giving us a choice of how much of his love we want to experience. He's saying, if you keep my commandments, you will abide and be, and be surrounded by my love. But even if you don't, I'm still going to keep your picture on my fridge. 
are pictures on his fridge already. He already loves us. The choice is how much of his love do we want to experience. The word abide means dwell in, live in, be surrounded by. When you abide in something or dwell in something, if it's well made, it protects you. If you abide in a well-built house, it protects you from wind and cold and rain. To abide in something is to be protected by it. Every day, you and I pick all kinds of things to abide in. We can choose to abide in our money and possessions to protect us. We can choose to abide in our strengths and abilities to get through life and protect us through the storms of life. Those are the things I'm most tempted to abide in. But if we decide to abide in Jesus' love, we stop abiding in these other things. Because most of the time, they're not compatible. They're mutually exclusive. Look at verse 12. Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love people? He loved his enemies. That's one way. When you love your enemies, you make yourself vulnerable. You are giving up protection. And so Jesus says, abide in my love. He says, even though you're giving up all kinds of other protection, if you follow my commandments and abide in my love, my love will protect you. How else did Jesus love people? He put their interests ahead of his own. When he would step in to rescue someone who was being picked on by bad guys, he would step right into the line of fire and direct the firing squad away from them to himself. He could have abided in his anonymity. He could have abided in just hanging back and being part of the crowd. He could have abided in his status and power but he put it all on the line to do it God's way. And as he did so, he abided in his father's love. Brian Stevenson, he could have said, I will abide in the justice system. It would not have been a bad thing had Mr. Stevenson sought out the justice of the system. He could have abided in his own powers, he could have argued with the guard and yelled at him and belittled him and made that guard feel small. But instead, he loved the guard and the client the way Jesus wanted him to. Every time Mr. Stevenson would go to visit his client, he went through that harassment. The first visit, when he finally got to meet his client... His client was all flustered. And he said, did you bring me a chocolate milkshake? And he was hung up about chocolate milkshakes. He couldn't get past it. And eventually Mr. Stevenson said, uh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know that you wanted a chocolate milkshake. And eventually his client would calm down. It became clear that there were legal issues going on, but also some mental health issues and each visit, the scene would be repeated. Eventually, it was time for the court date 
Mr. Stevenson drove to the court, but he was worried because he wasn't sure how the day was going to go. His client had this fragile mental condition, and the guard was in charge of transporting his client to the courthouse. As his client was on the stand, part of his testimony described how he had grown up in the foster care system. And while there are many good foster parents, that was not his experience. He described in brutal detail how he had been awfully abused. The day at court ended and all the different parties went home to their respective places. The next time Mr. Stevenson went to visit his client, he parked like normal, walked by the same pickup truck. He walked in. He started to go to the room to be searched. And the guard said, No, no, Mr. Stevenson. It's okay. You don't need to do that. So he turned around and went to sign in at the logbook. And the guard said, I already signed you in. Come on through. And he, like normal, started to walk by the guard. And the guard grabbed his arm. He said, I want you to know something. I grew up in the foster care system too. And I want you to know that I really appreciate what you're doing for this man. On the way home from court, we stopped by Wendy's. And I got him a chocolate milkshake. All because one man chose to abide in Christ's love. This resulting scene that played out was this explosion of joy and healing that Jesus describes in this passage. He makes it clear throughout his teachings that following his ways that we will get bruised and bumped up and it won't always be pretty. But he says that if we abide in his love, joy will explode. He says our joy will be made complete. And I hear that story. And you may be hearing that story and think, that's amazing. That's the kind of life I want to live. I want to live amazing, transforming stories. But here's the thing. Jesus is picking many people. He says in this passage, I chose you. He's saying to us, I choose you. I choose you. He's picking many people. But not many people are picking him back. In verse 16, Jesus says, I chose you. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. The fact that Jesus is choosing many people, but not many people are choosing him back, was illustrated for me this year at a conference that's held in Pittsburgh every year. The Jubilee Conference is a conference that many of our college students go to. Thousands of students descend on Pittsburgh each year to hear some great speakers. Every year, there's one favorite conference speaker. And this person speaks, and people ooh and ah and rave. And they're amazed at the adventures this person goes on. And everybody says, wouldn't it be great to live a life like that? But here's the irony. This speaker invites so many people. He literally invites them to go on these adventures with them. But very few take him up on that offer. But the people who do, 
This speaker invests in them. And it seems to me, that's how Jesus rolls too. He's telling us, hey, I love you guys already. I love you. You don't need to do anything to earn my love. But you do get to decide how much of my love you'll experience. I was speaking with a friend during coffee hour after the, the first service. And as I, I just asked, you know, what have you been thinking about lately? And this awesome friend just started to share with me some awesome things that are going on. And this person just has a real heart for loving Muslim people who are in Pittsburgh. And she started to describe how it seemed to her that God had been bringing an unusual number of Saudis to the Pittsburgh area. And how she'd been meeting an unusual number of Muslim people from the Arab world. She even got on Al Jazeera TV. Is that amazing or what? How often does a white person who can speak Arabic get on Al Jazeera TV in Pittsburgh? It's not like Al Jazeera is based here or anything. And as she spoke, I couldn't help but think that those things were happening because Jesus knew that she was willing to invest. She had heard Jesus say, I pick you. And she was picking him back. She was loving other people like Jesus did. You know, she was choosing to learn somebody else's language just to love them. Choosing to hang out with other people who didn't know them just to love them. It seems to me that in this passage, Jesus is saying, I love you. It seems to me he's asking us, where do you want to live? Where do you want to dwell in, abide in? Do you want to abide in your own stuff? Because you can if you want. But I'd really like to invite you to abide in my love and my ways. Let's pray. Jesus, I give you so much thanks that our picture is on your fridge. I pray that you would help us to understand how much you love us. I thank you that you have chosen us. I ask that you would give us the courage and the faith and the love to choose you back. I pray that you would help us to understand more and more how to love people like you do and how to abide in your love. We ask that you would enable us to carry this out, and we pray all this in your name. Amen.